what caused you to make this transition to like fuck nightlife for me it was just like i'm not gonna sit here and just be depressed at work fucking playing music i don't want to play or like you know like fucking doing sets i don't want to fucking do um so with even like you know what i'm saying you go you go to work and you it's it's a party you you have to drink you know what i'm saying why are you not drinking it's a fucking club you're the fucking dj why are you not drunk right now you fall into that like damn i gotta be drunk to dj you know what i'm saying because that's what the people want i'm they don't want no fucking sober dj i'm fucking djing your party i'm trying to be the fucking latest you know i'm trying to be the main event i'm trying to be the party starter whatever it's called um so you fall into that like we gonna get drunk tonight and it's fucking you getting drunk thursday you getting drunk friday night you getting drunk saturday night sunday night you most likely to get drunk and then monday you know that's just hella depressing. <laughs> That's just hella depressing. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a special guest. He's been in the industry for 10 years. He's a new business owner, recently filed, official, and he's Saba's tour DJ. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. My name is Damn Damn. Some people know me as Damage. Some people know me as Julio. Some people know me as JJ. What about DJ Nasty? <laughs> You're funny as hell. Who told you that? Bugatti? Hey, bro. <laughs> we, got our, <laughs> we got our sources, bro. Bro. All right. That was like when I was 12 to 14. And then it became DJ Damage from 15. Hey, why'd you switch it real quick? That was the vibes back then when I was 12 years old. You've been in the industry for a minute, and there's just so much to talk about, you know? We're, I feel like opening it with that, that was a good That, that was, was funny that was as hell, thing, bro. <laughs> I should have looked at the notes before. <laughs> uh, no, nah, that's not on the notes, bro. That, that was just off the top, bro. Uh, I should have um, been like, Nasty, what the fuck is you talking about, bro? I knew you weren't going to want to mention it once you said my original DJ name at 14 was DJ Damage. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn, I'm red. Am I red? But anyways, you know... <laughs> You started DJing early on, bro. You started DJing at 14. Uh, and you've been through so much within the industry, right? You've, or at least you've DJed, uh, what was it, Pitchfork, you were just saying, Lala a couple times. All at such a young age. You're only 28 years old, man. So real quick, just to open up for the people, go ahead and talk about, you know, the experience that shaped you the most throughout this 10-year journey. Confidence is a, is a big is a big one. Uh, having confidence early on, you know, if you're, I'm fucking like early on back when I'm talking about when I was DJing for Saba early on. Uh, so like 19, 20, um, I never had that confidence. I knew how to DJ, but when when it's like you're DJing for artists, you got to use your voice more than using your hands. And so like early on, I learned that confidence is, is something that can take you really far and uh, something you really need um, to to be like in this in this industry i guess um so like you know early on working on my voice and um you know i would i would be like y'all ready for saba and like a real shy voice <laughs> and then like we were performing at reggie's one time and uh you, there's like a curtain right next to the stage that is like the backstage but you can hear saba on the on the other side of the fence he's like no you gotta say it with more confidence say that shit louder like you know what i'm saying say it with your chest <laughs> ever since that day i like i was like oh shit like motherfuckers like you know i i gotta approach this with more confidence and being more confident with myself and shit you gotta be the next gangster grizzles bro <laughs> bro dj drama's like on been my inspiration for a really really long time i've met him once uh at south by southwest um, but yeah, DJ Drama, fucking, uh, there's a lot of mixtape DJs. The mixtape DJs, um, that was definitely w something I wanted to do, like, early on. But that shit kind of died out as soon as, like, streaming shit and, like, albums started coming out. I, I haven't heard, like, a mixtape in, in a long time. <laughs> definitely not. You, but you know what was iconic? When Drip just DJed with him, with him and DJ Ferris. Was it at Light? I don't know I if think it, was it was that, that light. Yeah, I think I remember. But I saw that shit, and I was like, damn, that's fucking nuts, bro. Uh, you got to be, like, handpicked. You know what I'm saying? They looked at every single DJ in Chicago and said, hey, you, 
That's, we got you. Yeah, now Drip is going crazy. Hey, shout out Drip. Oh, God. With you talking about these experiences, you've had so many, right? You've done the touring. You've done the performances at all these big festivals. You've also been involved in nightlife for a very long time. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like these experiences have impacted you in both a negative and a positive way? In a positive way, I would say this is always, when I was younger, this is always something I wanted to do. I always, I, I would have never even thought I would be like playing at these festivals, DJing in front of all these people. Um, so this is something I always wanted to do. So in a positive way, like I'm like just living for my childhood, you know, uh, living my childhood dreams and shit. Um, in a way, negative way, this shit definitely takes a toll on you. Um, sometimes, you know, you're not paid with your what you're worth and shit. Um, and I'm, you know. Who am I to? I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, who am I to determine my worth? I am my, I am him. <laughs> he said, "Hey, well, do I really get up, to man. decide how much I'm worth every single day?" I'm good. I do, bro. You've been touring with Saba. You you just gotta go show up to somebody's door and be like, "Hey, I I've been doing this shit ten years. You know, you you've established the name for yourself on this shit." Literally, I kind of want to touch on that though. The part where you say like. I'm doing this shit for, you know, the kid that I was. I've been doing the, all the things that I always dreamed of doing one day. You know, where did, first of all, what was that dream, right? Because there's a lot to unpack there. You know, just like I said at the beginning, you've done so many different things. So for you to say, like, I've done every single thing, what do you feel like was that biggest goal that you were like, damn, I need that shit? It was one of these festivals. <laughs> I had to say Pitchfork, Pitchfork was the most eye-opening one there was there was there was more though like we put we did man be on the beach and that was my first like that was my first time inviting my dad to like see what i've been doing because my dad used to always talk shit oh you going on the road side but how much is he paying you is he paying you like no come on we just going to houston just they they paying for the ticket they paying for the hotel that's what we doing you know what i'm saying we're going south by southwest that's all pro bono um, so he used to always be on my ass. So man, be on the beach was like, you know, it's just like a perfect time to, to bring him. It's summertime. It's a fucking on the beach. And so he came and fucking, I was like, man, my dad's in the crowd. I was going crazy. I stood on top of the DJ booth. We was going crazy. Like that was a, from what I remember, that was a really cool show. But Pitchfork was even crazier. They had a, Pitchfork is like designed. They have like two stages, but they're kind of like side to side. So, but like also angled. So, if you're looking this way, you're at stage, you know, the first stage, and then you literally turn your body this way and you're watching a whole nother artist literally like five minutes later. So the way the way like that's set up, it's just already hella people in this area. And so Sid, I think it was Sid from the Internet. Uh, she, uh, they were performing um, before us. Um, and then like literally five minutes later, it's us and everybody turns around and I you know i got super fucking uh super nervous that was my first time like we've done lala before that we've done hella shit before that where i shouldn't be nervous but immediately as soon as i got up there i walked out and i was about to say like y'all ready for some some shit like that and i uh, like i couldn't even say i was like holy shit i ran off stage i was like bruh there's so many people out there like everybody was still huddled up and shit i was like bro there's so many people out there like know what to do like I, for a moment i didn't know what to do but then i was like man fuck i got this i got this what am i doing what, what the fuck like i got this shit run back i run back on the stage and fucking just fucking kill that shit being on that stage and and fucking djing for all those people I, you know as a kid in high school you seeing you seeing all these people go on tour like mac miller like fucking and then chance going on on tour with Mac Miller that shit was like huge for me like in high school I was like holy shit there's this dude from Chicago going on tour with Mac Miller like that shit is crazy and uh, stuff that I thought would is just like would be like unattainable for me and uh th- or some shit like that I'll never get to uh, you know it's crazy that you say that shit because it's something that I sit down and I think about a lot of the time nowadays where these things that I never thought would be possible that I never thought I could reach and in your, it's all in your head at the end of the day. It's it's only things that you think you can't do. I mean, other people say that shit all the time. You, uh, man, there's a perfect Saba song that I'm thinking of right now. 
I just heard it. So the lyric I found, we took we took a pause there, but know the journey waiting is a lonely one. They'll call him crazy because believing in yourself not often celebrated. People projecting a mirror image that is merely hatred. You know that ties back into the fact that we don't believe in ourselves because a lot of the times, you know, the journey's lonely and people are always hating on you, but. That's only their projection from the mirror, right? They're projecting onto you what they feel about themselves. So when we're over here chasing what we believe we want and we look at all these high goals that we feel like are unattainable, it's like, damn, like, can we really reach that? Because at the end of the day, nobody else believes in you except for you, right? And that's that's kind of like the point that we've reached is, okay, I don't I don't know what else to do because nobody else is believing in me. So, fuck, I got to find the journey myself. And it especially, it get, my bad, I'm going to go on a tangent right now. But it gets a little harder when, you know, there's so many people out there that do tell you, like, yo, like, I got you. Hit me up if you need anything. Then you hit them up when you need something. And it's like, oh, my bad, bro, I can't do it. Or uh, reach out to this person. It's like, damn, bro, like. I really thought you could have helped me out on this one, but it'd be like that out here. Yeah, do it yourself sometimes. Going back to that story about the man beyond the beach, why do you feel like it was so important for you to bring out your dad in that moment? Like I said, this motherfucker used to talk so much shit. I used to go out of town, motherfucker, oh, you getting paid? You getting paid? How much you getting paid? Uh... Eh, like all right, <laughs> calm down. So uh, like man beyond the beach, it was like like this is what we're doing. This is. This is this is it, and and it was it was a fucking crazy ass turnout. You had fucking hella Saba fans there, um, and he got to experience you know that life we were living, and um, it was just just showing him like you know this is this is what we're gonna be doing for the next however many years. This is it. Um, I don't give a fuck what you say anymore, <laughs> like or what you think. He's Puerto Rican, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, super, super buddy. That's that Hispanic dad in him, bro. They they don't give no fucks. They just want to know how much money you're making. If you working or not? Yeah, he's still fucking. He'll pull up. You working? Nah. Hey, he, he be trying to get you to go work with him and your brother. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, early on. Well, not early on, but fucking. I, I had recently stopped working with him just because I can't work with him anymore. He said he tells me what to do too much. Yeah, I don't like the the tone in his voice when he tells me to do stuff. <laughs> Man, be on the beach was just like a, it wasn't really like a slap in the face to him, but it was just more like, this is what we're doing. It was more like a backhanded compliment. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a man now. <laughs> so, I'm a man. Uh, so what happened after that, man? You know, walk us through that, uh, how that relationship kind of evolved then. It's cool, man. He like... Even now, he's like, you know, he has never asked me, you know, what he used to be asking me. Like, oh, you making money? Like, no, nah, no, nah, you got to make sure you're working. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, but, he, you know, he, he, he'll, he like, fucking still get on my ass when he sees my city sticker expired. You know what I'm saying? My, like, bro, shut the fuck up. It's only fucking 60 bucks. I'll do it next week. I'll, you know, I don't need you on my ass for my fucking city sticker. But, he, you know, he's just a dad. That's what he's supposed to do. That's when he hits you with the, dang, you don't make enough money. We're not paying you. <laughs> No, you know what it is with me? I feel like that's just a scam. It's just a, what the fuck I need a city sticker for? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like until they hit you with the ticket. Oh, no, no, no. Pissed. So I just be finessing. I have two cars that need city stickers, and um, I haven't paid for any of them in like two years. And I've gotten lucky because I park at my crib. I park in like a private lot, so they can't give me a ticket. Fucking studio parking a lot they can't give me a ticket if i'm going out i'll park in a lot they can't give me a ticket so <laughs> until they pull me over then they're like dude it's fucking three years <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like you got a ticket stashed up so then you when you go no. out you just put that ticket on there so they don't fucking do that they don't give you a ticket that. insurance scam you don't pay you know to pay insurance <laughs> i'm not gonna put you on blast on here yet. dude health insurance so imagine I haven't gone to a doctor in like, let's say five years, but let's say I was paying insurance to go see a doctor just in case. So what you're saying is you don't got insurance? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't have health insurance. Hey, tell Saba I got car you need insurance. that health insurance. Bro. Oh God, what's up? I need <laughs> I need full benefits. Oh God, I got car insurance now because I need to have car insurance in order to finance the fucking car. But, but as soon as you pay it off, as yeah. soon as I pay it off. <laughs> 
this fucking shirt. Are you the one that they were saying? Nah, that's not you. But in the interview I had watched, they were saying that somebody was driving the truck and texting at the same time, and they just zoom past the fucking stop sign. What truck? The tour bus. Oh uh, no, that, that was probably like John or some shit. It uh, sounded like some John. Yeah, shit. they said that he was like responding to some fucking emails, and he just zoomed past the fucking stop sign because they were like, "Fuck that shit." No, I'm I'm a really good driver. I'm one of the best. I've driven on hella tours. What other tours? I went on tour with Femdot and Toby Lou, okay. just as a driver, straight driver. Uh, early on, I used to drive the Sprinter. Um, on the Mick tour uh, we did with Saba. Um, and I did we did one more tour with Saba. I think it was Care For Me tour. Literally every tour I have to drive except for this past one because we had like the big bus. And I was I was certified to drive it, but we already had a driver. And it was like really about that shit. But the tour before that, uh, before the pandemic 2019, it was with Jid. Our fucking bus driver didn't know how to back up with a trailer. So after at every, every fucking venue... I would literally get all pissed off because it's like two different compartments. To, like the driver was over here and then like we were in like the, the fucking back part. So I'll get all pissed off. I'm like, bro, get the fuck out the seat. Like, let me fucking do this shit. How many, how many fucking hours are we going to do this today? And it was every fucking day. It, the first day was the worst, man. We had, it was like literally two hours blocking traffic too in front, in Milwaukee in front of the rave. Like he was trying to back up and he was like getting on the sidewalk and inside that feels like way worse than what it looks like. You're fucking flying all over. Like this motherfucker jump on a curve. That shit will start leaning this way. So after that day, I was just like, bro, give me the fucking get out to see. I'll do it. Whatever. Damn, bro. You do it all for real. You be doing the lighting. You be yeah. doing everything. We can, bro. we can talk about that too. Yeah. That's later. That's later. <laughs> Let's dive deep into it. Right. You're wearing the pivot gang sweater. Go ahead and talk about what that represents for you. Family, uh, like real, Real friends. Uh, we we lost a, a few of them. Um, and it's kind of sad. Like, Pivot, you know, Squeaky and, and Walt were, like, key members of Pivot. Like, they were, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's, like, Pivot is family, uh, brotherhood, and, you know, real real friendship that's 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 pivot to me i can i can call any of them and you know they'll be there for me in any in any way and uh same you know like same for them for me and shit uh but uh yeah man it's pivot pivot forever yeah. <laughs> i got pivot tattooed right here uh on the bucket list tour Why mountains? pivot with the with the bucket list mountains they were the mountains on the uh the mountains that Saba was using for his merch or some shit like that, and then I threw a pivot under there. It was uh, got my little pivot tat. But uh, yeah, pivot gang, love them, love them man, love them, love them. We fucking, we put in them hours. We put in them hours like back in 2012 to like 2018 or maybe like 17. Uh, we was in the studio like all day, every day. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, um, and motherfuckers would pick me up from Dunkin' Donuts right there on uh, Grand and uh, Armitage, and we'll fucking hit the studio. Jacob um, Jacob had a studio before his private stock. Uh, Jacob had a studio here at Heart of the City, um, and we had all the fucking everything in there. You can shoot music videos. We can sh- fucking record music, blah, blah, blah. I recorded, um, I did the tracking on Saba's Comfort Zone. I recorded that whole album just like because we were just bored. I knew what how to do it, fucking, and we was just in the studio. So early on, like those were the dudes that I was just with twenty four seven, and that's what it that's what it was like. You know what I'm saying? Obviously now, like you know what I'm saying, shit has happened. Uh, Sabo's lives in LA now and shit, so they still got studio out here and shit. But you know what I'm saying? They live in LA. Most of them. Why aren't you out in L.A. with them, bro? They always tell me, they're like, bro, like, it's time. Like, what the fuck is he waiting for? L.A., I have to be, like, super on or, like, super making money off industry shit to move out there or, like, or like have, like, a certain, you know, like, I, I go out there, I'm, I'm already got this job on lock, you know what I'm saying? I already have these connects, which, which is possible to do. Uh, it's easier to, if you're actually out there and you live out there and you're making those connections every day. But, um... LA is probably like the last place I'm gonna move to. 
<laughs> because I don't hear anything good from LA except for connections, which is like, man, like if you know, if I need those connections, they're gonna come to me eventually. Mm. So I, you know, I, I would rather get on or you know what I'm saying, over out here, you know what I'm saying, where I'm comfortable, where I have like my community and my fucking family and shit, um, than to go out and do some shit like that. With you talking about your experience being on tour, right? These countless tours, what makes it different being with Pivot Gang? Obviously, you said it's family, right? It's all love with you guys, but. Being on tour is one of the most stressful things. I've been told it by many different artists. I've been told it by Poppy Beats himself. Uh, so, you know, it's not one of those things that you can basically do with everyone. And if you are doing it with everyone, you know damn well it's just a job. How does being how does being with your second family ease that burden? It's way easier to tour with, you know, Saba than I would say other people. Um, Saba's not that picky. He don't, you know what I'm saying? He don't, doesn't, I don't ever, I've never heard Saba complain in my life. Damn, since so, 2012? Yeah, I met him in 2012. Since 2012, I've never heard him complain. It's just easier to to work, to go on tour with people you've been around for the past 10 years, you know? Going on a tour with somebody you don't know, and then you got to like, you're you're with them every day for the next, you know, I don't know, like five weeks or like, three months, what, however long the tour is. Um, so it's definitely easier to do it with somebody you've already been locked in in the studio with for, like, countless hours a day and shit. Um, and, you you know, you guys got the same sense of humor and shit. That's, you know, that's, that's uh, you like doing the same shit. Motherfuckers, some motherfuckers like going on tour and, you know, like, it's after party. We're, after the show, they're trying to find the moves and shit. With pivots, just like, shit, we trying to find... The aux core, or like we're trying to find the fucking uh, HDMI to fucking play some games or some shit, and that's we're all like on the same page as far as like what shit we're into, and um, which makes it super fun and and easy to 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 tour and shit. Motherfuckers is not like I don't know. I could imagine like rock stars are like super coked out, and like how do you manage a fucking coked out rapper or like a, a singer or some shit how you manage a young boy yeah or yeah like super young that don't know shit like it's just like, yeah that, that can be i can see how it can be like super not it but i mean i've been super lucky to work with you know my friends and shit and people who i fucking really fuck with so it's been touring touring i've never had a bad tour story like i've never on a, been on a tour that i didn't want to be on or, you know, didn't like... Actually, no, I can't say that. I, I've had some disagreements on tour. <laughs> some disagreements. But it wasn't really nothing. It was just like, come on, man. Like, we all... Basically, it's early on. We're all getting the same amount of money right now. Like, why am I fucking, you know, have to unload the entire van? Like, grab your shit and, you know what I'm saying? Help me out a little bit because I'm... I don't gotta do this shit either. I'm the DJ. I don't. I just gotta set up my laptop. You think I want to fucking unload all this shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so like, just early on, it was just just few arguments. But I've never had like a bad like. I don't want to be on this tour. I'm going. I'm flying home. But that that shit do be happening. Like motherfuckers be getting sent home from Nebraska. Yeah, yep. Take your ass out of here. <laughs> um, but no, I've been super lucky with Saba and, and, and you know, all the tours I've been on. This outline don't even fucking matter because the way that I wrote this, it was it was a sad boy outline. Your ass seems too happy being on tour. <laughs> People have like that, the factor of there's this, and you're, I feel like you're kind of getting there, at least from some of the stuff you were telling me, right? You're looking to find that secure foundation to start making more money, building up your business, uh, you know, getting out the club, shit like that. For a long time, you've led this life of kind of instability, right? You, and we can go back to early on, right? You went to Florida to come back here. You've been on tour for 10 years, right? You're not really establishing a home. Um, you know, you mentioned the single life. I stay single because it's too much money to be with the girl, but there's there's deeper values to that right because when you're so focused and you're so 
submerged into this lifestyle it's not something that you can really give to somebody without them having to compromise because you're not going to compromise i wouldn't fucking compromise if i'm going on tour and going around the world right but i have in the past like i've had a girlfriend that shit i don't want to i'm not going to dj anymore because she says so or you know what i'm saying or because it makes her feel weird i'm just not gonna fucking do it anymore you know what i'm saying so i have done i've done that in the past and how'd that work out for you that shit was horrible you know i wish i'd never fucking put my energy into that you know because i could have made a lot more money it was that dude that said hey guys my girl said i can't come out no more literally like that well i don't know because it was it was more like do I want to go out and DJ right now or do I want to stay cuddled up? It was like, it was all my choice. Like it wasn't, I'm not, it wasn't, she didn't have really nothing to do with it. It's all my choice. I can, you know, decide if I want to go DJ or not, but it was more like, damn, I got a girlfriend now. I haven't had a girlfriend in so long. Like I don't want to be in a club no more. Like fuck that shit. I don't want to fucking live that life anymore. I'm a fucking, I want to be a dad now. <laughs> that didn't work out for me. <laughs> I'm glad you're here to live and tell the story of not being a dad, bro. Yeah, oh God. Too many fallen soldiers, right? Oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> Going back to that, right? The life of instability. There's this instability that's been in your life for a while where you don't, you don't have that solid foundation and not immediately, but I was... Man, I was playing my songs on shuffle. I heard Drake light up. And I mentioned this song in a different aspect when he talks about the line of, you know, uh, nobody's working as hard as you. He's been locked up in the studio. But, you know, later down the song, he says, who would have thought I'd be caught up in this life? Let's celebrate with a toast and get lost in tonight and make it all light up. And, you know, when you're young, you're so focused on man, I'm having a great time. Let's let's get lost in tonight until tonight becomes a couple years down the line where you're in these positions, just like we said, that you never thought you'd end up here. Who would have thought I'd be caught up in this life? I damn sure didn't. And I've celebrated for so long that now I'm so far into the future. You've had so many crazy nights, right? You've lived this glamorous lifestyle and you're only 28 years old. That's fucking crazy. You met Drake. You've been in the fucking clubs for a minute. You've been touring. But we got to touch on that Drake story, man. Talk about that shit. What the fuck? Red Bull is paying us out to go to L.A. Um, They do like they were doing this 30 days in L.A. type shit in November where they had an event for 30 days in November. Different artists, different. But they put on this event. And so we were like one of the last days. And so... um, like the Red Bull staff, they had um, they had rented out this like it was like Justin Bieber's old house or some shit, but it's like fucking I don't know like twenty sixteen fifteen I don't know a cup like a like a lot of million dollar house like four floors bro it's fucking glass everywhere <laughs> like this shit was amazing so that's where um the Red Bull people were staying and they had a we were like too deep and so we we're like yo we need. We can't do hella hotel rooms. We got to, like, you know what I'm saying, do an Airbnb or some shit. I don't know. And she's like, we got this Airbnb. It's only five of the Red Bull staff staying there. Like, if you guys want to come, there's, like, 20 bedrooms or, like, 30 bedrooms. Um, and we're only basically using five of them. And so we're like, hell yeah. Like, fucking, we go, we're staying. And then we stay, like, extra days, too. <laughs> we get there, like, fucking two or three days before and then stay, like, two or three days after. Uh, and they were super cool with it. So basically, we we're, uh, Red Bull flew us out there to open up for ASAP Mob in LA at the Hollywood Palladium, and uh, Tink was also performing. Uh, and then they had like they took they took uh, they did like their own like Red Bull music thing where they had like two artists come and into the studio and work with a producer and shit. So Saba made a song. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's released. Yeah, <laughs> he said, "Hold up, before I leak this info." <laughs> it was like it's like oh, super long time ago, but uh, yeah, the song with Saba and Tink they made that weekend. Um, so we're staying in this. It's all of us, bro. We're stupid deep in this mansion. We're like, holy shit, like you know what I'm saying? We're fucking. They had a fucking DJ, fucking whole setup in that shit backyard with the pool, the big ass view. It was crazy. Sean Kingston was next door. We were in the middle of Sean Kingston and uh, Nelly. I think no, no, not Nelly. I'm tweaking up. Uh, 
Neo. Neo. <laughs> I got them confused. Damn. It was Neo. We were like in the uh, middle of Neo. And you we guys were got fucking... the same haircut, bro. <laughs> <laughs> chill, chill, chill. So at the show, uh, Saba's in this section upstairs, like after he performs and shit. Um, and uh, I think they had told him he had to move and shit. Um, they didn't tell him why, but he's like, fuck, whatever. He moved out. And um, I'm like somewhere else, but everybody else is in the green room because they had like got kicked out of that section. And fucking, um, I'm walking down the hall and I see Drake with like hella security guards. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Drake. And I'm like, literally, we're walking together at like, I'm coming, I'm, I came out of here. He came out of here. He's with hella people, but we like walking towards the same way and going to the same direction. Our green room was like right here. Then you got to go up some stairs, and then that's the ASAP mob, and that's where he was going. Um, so I fucking go in. I'm like, before we got to our green room door, I was like, "Hey Drake, I can take a picture with you." And um, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's cool, cool." And uh, I was like, I thought he was gonna stop and shit. Like we was gonna take a picture. <laughs> he kept walking. No, I mean, yeah, like n- me knowing now, like if I want a picture with Drake, I'm gonna pull my phone out and immediately just take the picture, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But. I had like wanted to. I like it was early on. Fucking, I asked the fucking. I asked him. He wanted to do it. And his security was like, hell no. Like no, keep on walking, keep on walking. And I'm like, oh shit, like fuck, never mind. And he like he passed by going to the green room, and everybody's just chilling. I was like, I walked in the room. I had like make sure everybody was looking at me. I was like, guys, I just seen Drake. <laughs> And I was like super quiet. Everybody was like, "What? Are you lying?" Like, nah, nah, ain't Drake ain't here. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, for real. I just seen Drake in outside there right now. <laughs> and I fucking opened the door of the green room. I'm like, look. And his whole entourage. Drake wasn't there. He already had like walked up the stairs. Uh, but his like whole entourage was like, fucking look. And then we kept the door open. Fucking ASAP Rocky, ASAP fucking Ferg, all them just like start walking behind him. Um. And then later, the reason they kicked Saba out was because <laughs> they put they put Drake in there. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's when Drake uh, and ASAP were cool. Damn. Uh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hey, yep. we, we don't know the actual story, but you, yeah, I don't you know. know. You know, it'd be like that out here. But yeah, we we crossed paths. We were in the same building. Is that like your biggest life accomplishment? Huh? At that age, I was like, shit. <laughs> I got to tell everybody I know. I'm in the same building as these as these motherfuckers now. <laughs> when you texted me that. I met Drake and stayed in a fifteen million dollar mansion. I'm <laughs> like, be a way funner story. <laughs> I'm like, he partied with Drake in a mansion. Nah, nah. I just met Drake. I I just walked past him. I asked for a picture. He said, yeah, but his security was not on it. Now you say you hate nightlife, right? You've been you've been given so much through nightlife, right? These opportunities that you've had. I wouldn't say they're all through nightlife, but once again, it's an industry that's in unstable. So this instability is a theme. It's a constant theme throughout your life. Is this the main reason you hate nightlife or what caused you to make this transition to like fuck nightlife? It got way too repetitive. Um, Whether it's the music I am like forced to play at these clubs because they 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 pick they basically tell you what to play. They don't you're not allowed to fucking come as an open format DJ at this promoter's party and you, you have to like play whatever they want to play. If not, you're not going to fucking get booked. Um, another thing, it was just like, it's like a really dark lifestyle, whether, you know what I'm saying? You can make what people make in 40 hours in just two days. And what's that? Like, you know, a couple hours. Um, but you spend the rest of your week, like sleeping all day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll, I got work on Friday. I'm going to fucking sleep Monday through Thursday. And you know, fall into like that deep like fucking depression i feel like it's just like i feel like most of the people in nightlife are just hella depressed like the bartenders and shit they're just hella depressed and shit like they're forced to fucking smile like they're forced to be happy and forced to you know that's what makes the money and um i feel like it's just it's hard for some people to 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 get away from that shit and um for me it was just like i'm not gonna sit here and just be depressed at work fucking playing music i don't want to play or like you know like fucking doing sets i don't want to fucking do um so with even like you know what i'm saying you go you go to work and you it's it's a party you you have to drink you know what i'm saying 
why are you not drinking? It's a fucking club. You're the fucking DJ. Why are you not drunk right now with your shirt off? <laughs> you know, so you you fall into that like, damn, I got to be drunk to DJ. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what the people want. I'm, they don't want no fucking sober DJ. I'm fucking DJing your party. I'm trying to be the fucking latest. You know, I'm trying to be the main event. I'm trying to be the party starter, whatever it's called. Um, so you fall into that like, we gonna get drunk tonight, and it's fucking. You getting drunk Thursday? You getting drunk Friday night? You getting drunk Saturday night? Sunday night, you most likely to get drunk, and then Monday, you know, that's just hella depressing. <laughs> that's just hella depressing. And then um, I feel like the rates ever since the pandemic has just gone down tremendously. Whereas like motherfuckers are not getting the same DJ pay as they're getting before the pandemic. Which is crazy to think though, right? That your business basically got shut down for X amount of time. And the people that were risking their lives to go out, make sure your party still had a vibe going. Now you're underpaying them because I don't know, you're trying to recuperate costs that you might've lost or whatever it may be. Right. And I guess in some people's minds, right, there's more than enough DJs out there, but there's definitely not enough good DJs out there. I mean, I don't even consider myself a good DJ. Like you just press play. I don't know. I like I do what I do what I want to do. Like I can I can have a, a, a good set where I'm like fucking like doing real DJ shit, scratching, fucking echoing shit out, like going really crazy. And then I can have a good set that's fucking it's literally me just playing music like if it was an aux chord. Like, I'll literally turn it off, talk some shit on the mic, and fucking, oh, this is my favorite song. Y'all got to fucking turn up to this shit and just play it like a fucking, you know, like a fucking iPad DJ. And it'll be the fucking most lit shit ever. So for you dealing with all of this shit, dealing with the drinking, the the darkness that comes with nightlife, it's, de- it's detrimental to your health. It's detrimental to the balance you have within your life. It's a lifestyle that's not built for everybody. How have you managed to maintain that balance for yourself as far as your mental? I don't know, because I feel like I just, like, completely stopped the nightlife. Like, that's that's how I, I'm taking care of my mental health and shit. And, like, that's how I'm getting better uh, as far as that. But, like, I just completely, like, just stopped doing it. And, uh, I mean, I do my gigs here and there, and they're, like, f- stupid fun. Um but that's because I need to do that shit. I'm like, bro, I'd be, like, thirsty. I'm like, okay, I haven't fucking DJed in, like, six months. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Let me, like, fucking ask somebody if they fucking, you know, want to put me on their bill or some shit. Um, and then I'll have fun. But, like, just a, that repetitive shit gets, it gets too repetitive. That's what it is. It's it's too repetitive. You're just fucking dealing with drunk people all day and fucking drugs are everywhere you fucking you fall you fall into that one that's 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 the worst thing to fall in you don't want to fall in that hole the alcohol is 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 bound to happen but then you fucking you you fall into the drug hole and fucking you're gonna be in a real dark place and which most of these you know djs fucking bottle service girls bartenders club uh managers like they fall into that hole and and some may not even know it some i don't know but i don't know how you can go that long and not like realize it yeah yeah like maybe it's not a dark place for them but i mean it was for me where do you feel like that took you it's fucking depressing it's that's what it is just not feeling like yourself fucking suicidal thoughts are definitely you know you go into you'd fucking partying for four days straight monday comes around and you're like what am I doing with my life? Like literally I'm it's cool. I'm I'm making and that's the only thing that that's that that's you know, you're making what people make in forty hours. You're making fifteen hundred in what, like fucking six hours split into two days. It's so that's like the bright side of things, but it's also just like it it does it does take a toll and I was like fucking super, super depressed. Just waking up, fucking. You come home seven a.m. Cause the club, oh, club, you know, like club closes like four thirty. Fucking, you stay there till close. Take some shots after fucking five a.m. six a.m. Go eat some tacos or some shit. Fucking, you, or you go to an after party and there's fucking cocaine everywhere and fucking. 
you just get trapped in. You're waking up. You go to sleep at fucking 7 a.m. every day. And then you're waking up at like 4 p.m. It's like your life is, you feel like your life is just being fucking wasted. Um, but you're making good money. <laughs> like that's like the only thing good about it. Maybe they're, they're, that dark hole for me is something different for them. So I, I don't judge anybody, but that's that's what it is. That's what it was for me, and that's why I, I tried stepping away because it's like I'm not trying to live depressed. What was the moment that made you realize like this is a problem? It was New Year's Eve, like a couple years ago. Um, and I had like DJ this party um, before the countdown, and I went to uh, this like this 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 little party, uh, this little party. But it was just like a bunch of people doing drugs. Um, and after, after that party, it was like 6am and I literally thought I was going to die. I was in bed staring at my sky. My heart was like in slow motion. I, I, like, I don't know what cardiac arrest is, but it was almost there. Like my shit was like, I can like feel it and like, but I couldn't do anything. I, I like couldn't do anything. I wanted to call the ambulance, but then I was thinking about, I was like, Maybe I'm straight. Like, maybe I don't need to call an ambulance. Like, maybe I'm tweaking. But it was just some fucking, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I had to, like, take a break from that shit. And I knew it was fucking the nightlife that, you know, was kind of, like, was the reason I was just tapping into that lifestyle, which was just, like, very fucking, very dark. That's that's just what it is. I always put it like this. You know, people go through these phases where, and, you know, everybody sees it all the time. Everybody goes through these phases where you're partying, you're partying, you're partying, but it almost feels like you're running away from something. There's something that recently happened. There's something from your past, you know, growing up, childhood. It all plays a part into the reason that you take these drugs or the reason that you're drinking, the reason you're blacking out every weekend. Maybe you're trying to feel something for once. Shit. You know, alcohol makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. Do you feel like there was something you were running from? I don't think so. I think it was just my job. You know what I'm saying? It was just my job. I, w- I never really had, like, you know, like, fucking shit to run from, mm-hmm. really. Um, it's just my job. This is what's... This is what I'm surrounded by. You just yeah. like instability. Exactly. <laughs> I love being unstable, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Even today, like, I'm still, like, super unstable. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, like, I was really thinking about, like, all right, I quit nightlife, but I still got the, I still got, you know, Saba. Saba, I'm a, I'm a DJ for Saba. If, if I'm not his DJ, I'm still going to be something. You know, I, I bring a lot to the table, so there's a lot I can do. Um but the other day I was thinking like, I was like, bro, this, this kind of sucks. Like I'm touring, I'm at this high, you know, three, three months out the year or whatever. It's like, it's a super high. Like my friends will tell you like, oh, when you come back from tour, you're a totally different person. Like than you are when you like post tour. I'm gonna need to get on that bus one time, bro. Slide. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like bro, touring and like even playing shows, it's just like you're, you're on a super high and then you come back and like, shit. That shit is not, you know, all right, I come back from tour. It's like, I don't have a job now. Like this whole year, in the beginning of the year, I started the year with a job. Last year, last year, uh, the whole year, I started the year with a job. I, I I told the job I had to I had to do some shit. I didn't tell him I was going on tour the first year. I had to tell him I had to help my dad's company, you know, because his employees left him and he really needs me to take over this project. That's what I told them. And um, they're like, man, we're really family oriented. Like, you know, take those five weeks off and help your dad. But are you coming back? I was like, yeah, of course. Like, blah, blah. So the fucking the, the, the last day I stopped working was like a Friday. I did that week, not stopped working for that uh, thing for the tour. And uh, they're like, go ahead, take that five weeks off. Little do they know I'm fucking going on the fucking world tour, doing a big ass bus and shit. Um, so they let me do that. They hit, they hit me up like mid mid of the tour, and they're like, oh, you still coming back? Blah blah. I was like, yeah, bro, I'm I'm there like 100. percent So as soon as we got done on tour on Saturday, we turned the trucks in and the buses in and all the lights in. That Saturday, I had to be at work on Monday, but I had to fly to work. Um, so I flew to work on Sunday. I was at home for like 10 hours just fucking unloading everything from tour and then loading everything to go back to work. Where were you working? I was working at this company that uh, builds uh, office furniture for 911 dispatch centers. Um, 
So we just it'll be a dis- new dispatch center every week. They'll just upgrading their shit. Um, like they get their money from the like my the company I was working for gets their money from the government and fucking so they're getting fucking bread. Like they was paying me well. They were paying for my flights, hotels, cars, food, and fucking also giving me a good amount an hour and shit. So I was loving that job, bro. So I fucking I come back from tour, go back to working for them again. And then another tour popped up. It was the Europe tour. And I was like, fuck, how the fuck do I tell these motherfuckers I need another five weeks off? Um, so we, so I told them about the tour. They weren't having it. They let me go. I go on the tour and I'm, I come back. I'm like, fuck, I need a job now. So that instability I had me thinking just like since I think I got off tour in September until this day, it's January. I'm still like what the fuck am I going to do? Like, what the, so I do Uber and shit, but that shit's, that shit's whack. That's why it was in an Uber commercial. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Oh God. I was in an Uber commercial, bro. My, my life is so unstable as far as like work wise, you know what I'm saying? Touring is something I'll never give up though. Like I would rather be unstable and happy than fucking have a fucking regular ass job. And that I've been at for 10 years doing the same shit. Like, fuck that. Touring is what i'll do forever so going back to it all right the instability you love this fucking instability apparently i don't though there's this instability with the nightlife with the touring shit with your dj names apparently <laughs> you you didn't choose one so you were fucking 20 some shit this lifestyle once again it's not for everybody and this balance is not only a balance of personal battles but personal relationships just like Drake said and wait for you. I got a career that takes my time away from women. I cannot convince you I love you for a living. Facts. Bars. When we're so focused on these careers, these careers that take us away from the normal everyday life that people expect us to chase. You know, there's girls all the time saying like, I want to get married. I want to do this. I want to do that. And in your mind, you're just like, no, please. <laughs> I, I got too many things to focus on right now. Let me tell you about my mind. I would love to get married. <laughs> you're, you're lame. Not me. Not me. Hey, I'm 28, bro. You ain't going to tie me down. I would love. There's two girls I would marry right now. So what's holding you back? What's two girls? That if they would give me the chance. Well, I've already had the chance. How has the instability throughout your career and your life affected you personally? So relationship-wise, you know, you say there's two girls that you fucked up with. In some way, shape, or form, there's a reason why you're not with that person right now. I fucked up with a lot of people, and I just couldn't give them what they needed at that time. And that was okay for me at that time. I never fucked up with them. It was more like it wasn't the right time, you know? So you fucked up? No, 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 no. I mean, no. 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 It was never the right time, and I feel like with one, the situation is, you know, she's she's going to get her master's, you know what I'm saying? That girl busy, you know what I'm saying? She's super busy. I don't even want to, you know what I'm saying, bother with her schedule because one thing about fucking bothering with someone's schedule, when they fucking, um, when they're too busy for you, it's just like, damn, that shit's uh, humbling. <laughs> But that shit is also raw. So that's why I say I like never fucked up with her. It's just more like she's busy. She's handling her shit. She's focused on her, which is why I'm also focused on me. Um, so there's like two girls that's, that I would fucking marry right now. So what about the second girl? Oh, the second girl. Uh, shit. He don't love you that much. I haven't <laughs> talked to her in a while. But... <laughs> I, think he I haven't talked to her. <laughs> he <laughs> no. said, I'm hey, of you. DM me right now. I'm pulling up. Hey, drop the ad. They know who they are. I promise they know who they are. Aside from the relationships, how do you feel like this instability has affected you personally? It's something I've like started to learn to live with. Because, I mean, growing up, my mom, we would move every, like, fucking two weeks. I'm not two weeks, two years. Um, we we're moving every two years, different neighborhoods. So it's, like, it's always, my life has always, like, been this unstable, you know, lifestyle. Um, to where, like, it just became, like, a normal thing. It's, like, something I'm used to. It's, like, it doesn't make me feel a way. It's, like, it's something I know, like, I know how to adapt with, um... When it comes to uh, when it comes to that shit, uh, and something I've you know since early on, fucking mom moving every fucking two years, 
unstable un- instability <laughs> has always been a part of my life and it's just always something i learn how to adapt to and shit do you feel like it's been more of a pro than a con then it's definitely a con i mean no one wants to be unstable like motherfuckers want to be you know have that guaranteed income have that guaranteed woman there for you and shit have that guaranteed home you know i don't, i have i don't i ain't buy my first crib yet but that would be cool to you know one day to have um so i would say it's 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 a mixture of both i'm surprised you don't got commitment issues to be honest over here talking about ready to get married and shit if it's the right one and it's like because it that shit takes time and i and i like to take the time to fucking it's not some shit that's like i've had girls that were like ready to marry me or some shit like you know what i'm saying ready after three months it's like whoa i don't even know you like that my thing is just like i couldn't give up what i want to do like i think about this every day bro yeah. this is a conversation i have with myself every single day and i think man if some shit happened where i had to settle down i don't think i would be happy right now i think that there's so many other things that i want to accomplish in life before i even think about that and maybe for you because you've accomplished so much you've already been on tour you've worked you've met a lot of huge artists for me i haven't even met an artist that's cracked a million followers at least you will one day but i think about this and then i also think about damn how do i make more fucking money this is the one thing that has been bothering me recently because even with throwing my own show say you sell it out what it costs to rent out you know minus costs and everything you're only profiting about 8k say you sell them 20 dollars a piece and that's just starting out yeah 8k is 8k to a lot of people that's like damn that's crazy i'm like that ain't shit bro there's so much more money that you could make off of this shit, but how do you get to that point? Nobody's there to teach you, like, this is what you need to do. This is how you market it. This is the way to make a hundred grand in a year aside from a salary job. And it's hard to kind of come to that realization when this is all you've really wanted to do. This is the life you asked for, but yet, where the fuck do I go? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I guess when it comes to these commitments and finding that stability, yeah, it's nice to have that stability, but w- with that stability comes commitment, and with that commitment comes, now I got to settle down, and now I can't pursue exactly what I want because I have somebody else to worry about. I talk about my dog a lot recently. I got a dog. That's a commitment, and that dude don't let me do shit. Yeah, you can't you can't party with a dog. None of that. I had a dog. I had a dog when I was trucking, and I I gave her to my mom, and my mom's taking care of her now. But like literally, like you have to go home. You gotta go fucking take her out. Like you gotta be with her at least. You can't leave her alone for more than three hours. A dog, like dog, needs to be fucking, you know. If not, you're fucking, your your sofa's getting torn up, like fucking, she's shitting all over the place. But I'm glad you finally got your feet set, right? You're finding that stability within yourself. It took 28 years, but you're getting there. You filed for that business. And I want to touch on that a little bit before we close, right? Uh, go ahead and talk about the business. What do you plan to do with it? How is this your next big move? It's just going to be something for me when I get off tour, I can have, you know? It's something I can do, make money off of. And I don't have to worry about how the fuck. Oh, I gotta fucking drive Uber because I got a fucking a car note and fucking credit card debt <laughs> or some shit like that. Um, so it's just it's gonna create that stability for me, and it's but it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time. And with your search for this stability, right? Because you've been unstable your whole life. What is it you hope to find in this search? I don't know. I I don't. It, it doesn't take much to make me happy either, though. Like you know what I'm saying. As long as I'm straight, fucking, I find me my little boo. We start our little fucking family. I'm 28 years old. I'm ready for all this shit. I'm ready for a crib in the burbs with a white picket fence and a little horse in the back. 
<laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All my friends know it's you like they like that's 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 you. Like a lot of my friends, you know what I'm saying, they'll never get married or you know what I'm saying. They have girlfriends and still wouldn't get never say they wouldn't get married. I'm like, bro, you tweaking like you've been with this girl for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's that time, my boy. But we'll get there. We get. We'll get there, man. Happiness is. I mean, I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not happy right now. What do you consider happiness? Doing whatever the fuck I want. Like say, so if this week, what would make me happy is to be at the studio all day gaming. <laughs> That's. But I can't do that because i gotta make money and um you know but like that's where i'm at right now i would love to just fucking game all day and not have to worry about anything because i don't have nothing else to worry about you know i'm not i don't live with anyone like fucking i don't have any relationships i don't have any kids like call my mom once a week and you know we're good <laughs> but um he don't call his dad because his dad says how much money you bro, making <laughs> my dad shit hey senior city sticker outside <laughs> <laughs> should expire from two years ago what you want i'm like don't worry about it man i'm handling it hey as much as he says he doesn't like the instability he loves that shit because he wants to still be gaming at 28 years old that comes back to what i said earlier where I want to live, me as an adult is basically just doing everything I wanted to do as a child. You know, we weren't privileged enough to, like, have a PlayStation. Or if we had a PlayStation, it had two other brothers, you know what I'm saying? They was on that shit all day. As a child, like, you know what I'm saying? We weren't fucking privileged enough to have all this shit we actually wanted. So as as an adult, that's, you know what I'm saying? When I first started getting money, I fucking bought all the Jordans I could because as a child, <laughs> we'd be lucky to get Air Force Ones. Fucking, I had fucking Felis and fucking Case Wiz. You know what I'm saying? We was, you, you heard of Y Shoes? No, they they the sold fuck? them right there on, um, at Walmart? No, Grand and, uh, they sold them at Walmart too, but the Grand and, um, Grand and Pulaski, there was a, a little kiosk. This dude will do a pop up on his van. He'll sell two for 25, two sneakers. And they look just like Air Force Ones, but they were Y Shoes. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? We came from that. And so, as an adult, like, it's like, I got money now. Like, I'm buying all the Jordans I want. And then now it's just like, now I'm at the age, like, I don't fuck, fuck Jordans. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to waste fucking $400 on a fucking shoe for when I can buy car parts. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, fucking fix my ATV or my, my, my motorcycle. Or just fucking be in the studio and gaming all day. Like, that's, that's, um, uh, something I always wanted to do as a child. And, so just it's like that's my whole adulthood is just like making my child my inner child happy the last question i want to ask you is you know where where did this love for music come from it's not just you obviously your uncle's a dj mm -hmm. your brother's a reggaeton artist my mom would always we drive into school she used to fucking work she used to be a secretary at our fucking uh at our school we used to go to so we always had to drive to school together and shit which that shit was crazy but um she would always be singing. She's always... My mom has a beautiful voice. Like, when she puts on that Mark Anthony, you know what I'm saying? It's that time. Um, and then with, with uh, like, on my dad's side of things, um, we had my uncle that was a DJ. He had his basement. We would always be there. He had a pool. We'd do pool parties. He would bring his um, equipment down from, from the basement to, like, outside by the pool party. And we'll chop it up. Um, I actually had, like, on my mom's side, too, one of her cousin's husband was a DJ, too, and, like, fucking... It was a. Uh, it was always something I found interested in, and like in fucking. I grew up in church. In church, I was either fucking doing sound, setting up sound, or doing lights. Like I did lights at church. You put the strobe on. Nah, <laughs> there was no strobe at church. We would just do the moving heads and just change the colors. There wasn't no strobe, but uh, but we had smoke and shit. We had bro that church, bro. We had like the best like dramas and like so like they would really go hard on production and shit and like. There was, like, one dude that was the lead, and I was, like, under... Uh, me, I was, like, 10 years, 12 years old, fucking going hard on production for this church and shit. I guess the foundation was in church, bro. You need to go back to church, find yourself some Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. I, I, like, 
I wouldn't mind it. Well, I appreciate you, bro. I really love the conversation. It was it was dope to have you on, bro. DJ Dam Dam, formerly DJ Nasty. <laughs> Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you go ahead and check out one of his sets when he randomly pops up in the club. And make sure you go see Saba on tour just so you could see Damn Damn. Oh, God. Come on now. <laughs> That's going to be all, guys. Sad boys for real. Fuck. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.